Welcome back, Richard. It's good to see you Morning. again. To, to I talk. try to get myself oriented when you say that. It's good to see me again. What day is it? What month is it? That's right. But Heading into the holiday season, right? right. Go and, Go and once again, we're going to talk uh, about punishment. Um, we again, we you know, we started out with this what we thought was going to be a three part series, and this is number eight. But this may be this may be the last episode in this in this series. Could be the last in the series. That's right. At least for now. Um, and today we're going to focus on um, probably one of the most misunderstood aspects of all of this. Um, right. We've talked about antecedents, you know, the things that, that happen before and sort of trigger, often trigger a behavior. Uh, we've talked about the behavior itself and differentiated between behavior and misbehavior. Um, and, to, and we've focused the last couple of weeks about consequences. Right. Um, but today we're going to focus on different types of consequences, really paying attention to what we call natural consequences, right. um, because I think that a lot of people really misunderstand what natural consequences are. Right. Yeah. What, what we get um, on a daily basis is parents will come in, parents of children of all ages, um, from, from very young children to college students and, and young adults, and the question always is, what should I do if I discover that my child blank is something, okay, is, uh, and it depends on the age of the child. And the other question we often get is, what's an appropriate consequence if my child blank does a certain thing? And that's typically what parents are asking. Um, and I always say the same thing. There are really two questions. What are you trying to accomplish with this child? You know, they're kind of asking for a consequence, but there isn't a recipe book for consequences. Right. Okay. There is no one-to-one -one correspondence like, oh, the best thing to do if a child does A is for you to do B. It's what you want to accomplish with this child and what you want the child to learn. Right. That's, that's really where we have to start. The other issue is that when most parents ask about consequences, they, they, they think they're getting a consequence. They think they're headed toward a consequence, you know, I want a, well, there have to be consequences. But what parents really are resorting to is something that we call response cost. Right. And, and response cost is a very specific approach to changing behavior. And response cost essentially is taking something away from the child for the child misbehaving. Or right. Or doing something. It's, it, and it's called response cost. And it's taking something away. That's not, that's sort of a consequence, but it's not the kind of consequence the parents are really looking for. So that when we say we're not very good at consequences, that's kind of what we're saying is that you're relying on response cost when you really want a consequence. Right. And so and it, this, this starts right out the gates with a great example of how parents misunderstand what consequences are. Right. Um, so, you know, a, a child, you know, misbehaves. And so the consequence that the parent will say is that they'll take away the phone, you know, right. um, you know, your daughter talks back to you. And so um, that's a sign of disrespect or, you know, um, that's noncompliance. And so the consequence then is to take her phone away. Well, that's a response cost. So the response to the behavior is a, a cost to the child. The, the, the cost is the, the taking away the privilege of the cell phone. Right. 
And parents will often look at that as, and they'll say, and Richard, I know that you've heard this as well. They'll say, well, that's the natural consequence. Mm-hmm. The natural mm-hmm. consequence is if you talk back to me, then I take your phone. Right. No, that is not a natural consequence. Right. Right. That is a, um, well, we're going to talk about different types of consequences. It's, it's sort of wishful thinking. You know, you're hoping. Yeah. What, when I say, what do you want to accomplish? You take their phone and you're hoping that that changes that, that that the child will no longer be disrespectful. Right. Okay. But it's a hopeful response. Right. Okay. I, I hope that this changes your behavior. Right. Well, there's, you don't need to hope. I mean, there are ways to go about this um, that, that aren't based on hope. Right. You know? If you want your child to become more respectful, then that requires a plan, mm-hmm. which probably involves some kind of teaching the child how to be more respectful, not just punishing her, we're not being respectful. Right. And, and what response cost often leads to is an adversarial relationship with the between yeah. the parent and the child. And, um, you know, we, and the reason that you, you use the word hopeful is because there, there's no real connection between mm-hmm. what the child did right. and the consequence mm-hmm. that you, you imposed. So the, the child is talking back, and the consequences taking the phone. There, there's no direct relationship. And parents will say, well, she was on her phone at the time. And mm-hmm. so when I said something to her, she snapped back at me. I'll be there just a minute. Right. And so it was because she was on the phone. That's why she didn't know. No, that was that was something she was engaged in. The reason that she snapped back is a, is a much larger problem. That's right. Being that on her phone. Relationship. Exactly. Being on her phone doesn't make her disrespectful. Disrespect right. is a different issue. It may or may not be related to her phone. She was also laying down when she did it. So laying down wasn't part of the problem. So, right. you know, it's just one of the behaviors that the child was engaged in. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily the root of and cause of the problem. So, again, it doesn't, they, they don't match up. And so, you know, and we've said this many times before. Parents will say, but there has to be a consequence. When, when she talks to me like that, I have to do something. I have to react in some way. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we're going to talk about three types of consequences. Right. Um, we're going to talk about triggered consequences, thoughtful consequences, and some of the mo- most important ones, natural consequences. Right. And, you know, Bernie, you say those triggered, thoughtful, and natural. And most of us, and I, I include me in that in that group, most of us tend to rely on the least effective of those three, which of course is a triggered consequence. Right. Because it's and, and it's the triggered consequence that typically ends up with some kind of punishment. Right. And, and we've talked about punishment throughout these, this series is that we don't want to resort just to punishment, but it's, it's the triggered consequence that often leads to punishment. A- absolutely. And so what we mean by triggered consequences is sort of the example that we just gave with the, with the cell phone is that the child does something and usually in the heat of the moment, right. the parent responds with a, with an imposed consequence. And th- there are multiple problems with this. Mm-hmm. Um, the first problem is that, um, is that it's not predetermined. It's not planned. Right. And so what that means, and, and the problem with it not being planned is that if the child does something to does the behavior today, your right. response may be one thing, 
But right. if your child does that be same behavior tomorrow, your triggered consequence may be something different. That's correct. Um, right. And so when it's not planned, it's it's sporadic and it's random. And so there's, again, no connection between the behavior that you're trying to change or modify and the right. child's be- and what you're doing, uh, you know, to, to modify that behavior. Right. And so that that disconnect that that inconsistency is going to be very problematic for the child it's confusing for the child because it's saying oh you know this happened yesterday this happened and that there's no predictability and there's no no learning can occur you know, right if i do a there's no b it could be b c d or e and you're right that uh, it, it varies from day to day and incident to incident. And well, that's not the way you want to apply consequences. And and not to mention that there's probably, if you're inconsistent and you're doing, relying on triggered consequences like that, it's very likely that there are incidents of that behavior that you're not responding to. That's right. That's so the right. kid is like, you know what, 75% of the time or so I get away with it. So I'm not going to really worry about it. So that's much. right. If you if the parent is angry, you're going to get a consequence. If the parent is in a good right. mood, you don't get a consequence. Right. It's that kind of in, inconsistency that that it's not only confusing to children, but children take advantage of it. Absolutely. Be very careful. Absolutely. Um, also, these are done probably an overreaction. Right. Done in the, heat of the moment, it's probably going to be ineffective. You're probably going to regret it. I right. Mean, it's probably going to be. Um, yeah, it's probably going to be more harsh than than you than you would really. What's what what's really needed? That's right. What you and what you typically do. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So so again, triggered consequences. Now now again, we get it. Um, we understand that that, that this happens sometimes, um, but. You know, as we've talked about over the over the last couple of weeks, you know, just a little bit of planning can help and right. preparation can help with it, um, you know, for future future situations. Right. You know, where parents get in trouble with the triggered consequences, I, I think the perfect example is one that you frequently use. And that is you ask a child to clean her room. They say, you know, it's on Saturday. Can you clean up your bedroom? And. The, the child responds by rolling her eyes or say, oh, mom, leave me, you know, there's some comment made. So I always say, you know, let's just deal with one fire at a time. You're asking the child to clean her room. That, that's one fire that you're kind of starting. Right. Okay. Okay. Then the child rolls her eyes in disgust or uh, frustration. And then the parent interprets that as disrespect. You're being disrespectful. Right. So then you threaten or you reprimand or you you might even go to punishment and you threaten the child because now she's being disrespectful. So, well, now you've started a second fire. Right? Mm-hmm. And then the child's, oh, mom, you're being a little bit uh, Amish. To, you know, the child says something. Oh, mom, that's really stupid. And then the mother says, well, you can't talk to me that way. You know, so now we go from cleaning the room to you're being disrespectful to you can't talk to me that way. Now you have three fires burning. Right. And and typically what happens is you get more, the parents get angrier and angrier and angrier as this exchange continues. And they finally bring out the heavy artillery and talk about, you know, I'll punish you. I'll take your phone. I'll do this or do that. In the meantime, the room still isn't clean. You have all these fires. You, have, you set all these fires. The room still isn't clean. Right. Focus on one thing at a time. Don't let yourself get into a situation where you increase the likelihood that right. you're going to you're going to get pushed to a triggered consequence. A- absolutely, absolutely. 
And, and that, that leads us very nicely into the, the second type, which is a more thoughtful consequence. Oh, life would be so much easier. It, it would be. And, and what we're talking about with thoughtful consequences is, again, a, a little anticipation, a little planning. Um, and it doesn't, you know, recognizing that there are going to be triggered consequences sometimes because there are going to be, you know, the other week we talked about, you know, how to manage a situation when a child engages in a behavior for the first time. Right. Usually many times that's going to elicit a triggered consequence because you didn't anticipate this behavior. And so you're not sure what to do. Um, But once you know the child um, and using sticking with this same example, you know, that she's going to roll her eyes or mm-hmm. sigh when you ask her to clean her room. Right. Well, then have a plan for that. There's no reason to to be surprised and you know shocked that she ra- that she rolls her eyes when she does it every right. Saturday. Right. Right. So be prepared for it and have have in your um you know sort of in your arsenal uh, some thoughtful consequences that you can administer calmly. Right. And, and that are, you know, appropriate and patient. Mm-hmm. You know, when you know, take kids in school, they they're, they have pretty clear understanding that if they do something in class, that they're going to get some kind of a consequence. OK. And but most kids are willing to accept that. They'll say, OK, I understand. And if I break that rule, I understand what the consequence is and I'm OK with that. Okay? Right. And kid, we can do the same with children at home. You know, decide what you want of your child and make the make make these plans ahead of time. Right. No, it, you can't anticipate every problem. Right. So the first time something occurs, you may want to say, let me think about this and you know, not just react in the heat of the moment. Let me think about this. And I think a good example, I think, is a curfew. Yeah. Right. We all have curfews. And. And we know kids are going to break curfew. They're going to break curfew to see if you mean it, to see if you really mean it. Okay. They're going to take the chance. It's absolutely normal behavior right. to take the chance. So you sit down with your child. You agree that 12 o'clock is a reasonable curfew. Mm-hmm. Child says, yep, I can do everything I want to do. And I can still be home by midnight. Yeah. Well, you have to know that at some point your child's going to push that envelope. Right. So you all, then you agree, okay, if you get home at 10 minutes late or, you know, if it's five minutes late, no problem. If it's more than five minutes, then there'll, there'll be this consequence. So the kid comes right. in at 1210 and you implement the consequence that the two of you have already agreed to. And, and I think that that's the most, most important and underutilized strategy um, that, that we have available to us. Um, you know, parents come into our offices often and, and sit down with their kids and they talk about these issues and they just, the parent, the parent so often wants to determine everything. They want to determine what the behavior is, what the acceptable and unacceptable behavior is, what the consequences are, and then they attempt to impose them upon the child. Right. What is, what, what we have found to be so much more effective is to sit down with the child and say, hey, look, if we stick with curfew, look, let's talk about what is a reasonable curfew. All right. So places that you're going to be able to go are going to, you know, close at such and such time. So, you know, given that you're, we can even use 16 or 17 year olds, 
and say, okay, by midnight, and, and the child will typically agree. Like you said, the child will typically agree. Yeah, midnight's reasonable. Okay. Now, and you can, we want parents to say these kinds of things. Um, now, I know that there's going to be times when that's when you're going to get caught up in things and you're not going to be paying attention the way that you need to be paying attention. And so you may come in late. Let's talk about what should happen in that case that you come in mm -hmm. late. What do you think would be a fair consequence for if you come in late? Right. It is remarkable. We have had so many experiences where right. the child's, what the child would, should, would say the consequence should be is far more severe than is necessary. Well, you should take my car away for the rest of the week. No, you shouldn't. That's, that's, that's crazy. Right. You got to get to school and stuff, you know, right. but, um, but the child goes to, goes to that place. And you say, and so if the child says something like that, you say, well, you know what, that may be a little bit more severe than, mm -hmm. than it's necessary. Um, what if, um, what about if we make the next time you go out, why don't we push the curfew back to 1130 instead of 12 o'clock mm -hmm. to make sure that, you know, just as a consequence to make sure that you are paying attention to time. Um, okay, that, that seems fair. Um, I still get my car for the rest of the week, you know, right. like the consequence that I was saying. And now you have an agreed upon consequence. And most kids will say, I can, 30 minutes, I can handle that. Right. Rather than saying, I'm going to take your car for a week, you right. know, I'm going to take your phone for a week. Geez, that, that's a completely different set of circumstances. You know, kids are going to rebel against that. Absolutely. So Absolutely. most kids, I find that most kids come up with either excessive uh, consequences or um, they're very reasonable. Right. Or they're excessive. Right. And then as the example you gave, you know, then you, when the kid comes in at 1210, you can say, all right. So um, remember we talked about what's what happens and, right. and they're going to be apologetic and everything and say, you know, I understand. But as we agreed, you know, next time you're going out, the, the, the curfew is going to be 1130. Right. It's, it's There's nothing to argue concept. about. There's nothing right. to argue about. There's nothing to debate or fight about. That's just you, we've already had the discussion. You've already made the agreement, um, and and most n most kids are going to be perfectly okay with that. Absolutely. Say, okay, lesson learned. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so those are thoughtful, planned, anticipated um, consequences, and those are you know again in in most circumstances you're going to be able to use those kinds of consequences. Now, the third and probably the most effective consequence is the natural consequence. Um, yes. And the reason that they are usually most powerful um, is that this is what naturally occurs as a result of the behavior. Um, the, the example that I, I like to use is, um, you know, your child's playing video games. Right. And they're getting upset with the video games and they slam their controller down on their desk and their controller breaks. <laughs> Parents get all crazy when, when this happens. Oh, he, you know, he has anger problems. He has this. So I needed to, I need to punish. I'm, I'm going to take away all of his electronics for the rest of the week until he, the natural consequence is you don't have a controller, so you can't play your game. Right. Can't it, do anything about that. If he does something and he breaks his phone, right. that's the consequence. You can't use your phone now. I'm not going to go right. out and buy you another one. Right. We can work, uh, work out a situation where you can earn money and you can you can mm -hmm. buy a new one yourself. But 
that's the natural consequence. Right, right. The natural consequence of leaving your bike outside rather than putting it into the garage is that it might get stolen. Right. Now you don't have a bike. Right. <clears throat> and natural consequence. And I already bought you a bike. I'm not going to go out and run out and buy you another one right away. So we can work out a situation where you can earn some money to buy you a new one. That's a natural consequence. And, and parents, again, want to do something extra. Um, not sure why, but they, we feel like we have to do something extra when usually the natural consequence suits the situation just fine. That's right. Um, and I, I think all, those are all good examples. You know, you, you took your phone to the beach and you, you walked out into the water with your phone. Yeah. And then, yes, it slipped out of your hand and now it's ruined. Well, now you don't have a phone. Okay, right. so let's work out some way to replace it that is fair and equitable. I don't, I'm not just going to run out right. um, and, and buy you another $1,000 phone. You know, right. we've got to make some agreements here. Like, so again, we go back to thoughtful consequence. You know, let's right. make an agreement. Okay? The other thing I like about natural consequences is that they're impersonal and it's blind. There's nothing personal about right. a natural It's going to happen to everybody who does that. Right. It's it's not personal. It's not um, that because they're going to happen to everybody, and it's and it's related. It's directly related to the behavior. Right. You know, like you said about you take her phone, but that has nothing to do with the curfew. You know. Right. It's, it's, she didn't break curfew because she has a phone. So, but a natural consequence is directly related to the behavior, and that's right. that's always what we want. And that's what makes it so powerful because it's there, there is a one-to-one -one correlation between you you mistreat your 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 video game controller, you break it, you don't have a video game controller. That's right. That there, there's there's no other the child's behavior is directly related to that consequence. And you don't have anything to do with it. Right. Exactly. So mm -hmm. they're going to learn that much, much faster. Right. Um, you know, it, and you, you can oftentimes natural consequences like that can be used with a with a lot of behaviors. You right. know, you, why, especially like in you know later elementary school and sometimes maybe even in middle school, um, you know, parents fight and fight and fight with their kids about taking showers, mm -hmm. and I, I don't understand why kids act like they don't want to take showers because they fight about getting in the shower, but then they spend, you know, 30 or 45 minutes in the shower. Right. Get that. But don't, there's not, not necessarily a reason to fight them so much because there's going to be social consequences if you don't take a shower. Right. You know, why have this big explosion in the house that, you know, where you're up fighting for two hours because the mm -hmm. kid won't take a shower when, as soon as they go to school and their, their friends say, man, you, you didn't take a shower. You you smell, right? They're going to start taking a shower, right? And if that if they don't, then that's another problem. Exactly, exactly. And that's where parent, you know, most of these things are you don't brush their teeth. They don't take a shower. They don't. Most of those things are going to have natural consequences, and it will take care of itself. If it doesn't, right? You're not dealing. You're dealing with a very different kind of problem, right? If those kind of natural social sanctions don't work, you're dealing with a very different problem that's probably going to require some professional assistance. Right, right. So 
So yeah, there are there are these lines that that you want to be careful about. Um, but in most cases, like you can you can go through at every age, there are natural consequences. For example, three or four year old child spills milk or juice or whatever is in the container. Many parents would begin to reprimand the child, say you're being careless, you're being thoughtless, you're being this, you're being that. No, the natural consequence of spilling something is you have a mess to clean up, okay? So the consequence should be, let's clean the mess together. So you teach the child the natural consequence of making a mess, even if it's accidental, is now we have to clean the mess. No mm -hmm. harm done. You don't have to call the child names. You don't have to reprimand. You don't have to denigrate the child in any way. There's a natural consequence there. And you can go through life, all right. through the stages, elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the parents' concerns parents have with older kids is sexting or cyberbullying, okay? Um, if, they're, if they're misusing the device, then they're gonna have to lose the device. Again, it's nothing personal, but if the device is the problem, then you have to take the device. Right. What are, and, and so the natural consequence is you have to have some controls on the device because you're not using it appropriately. Right. Yeah. And, and so that, that's an example where the phone is is, is the problem the phone is that is the nature of the problem. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that the consequence is to take the phone away and not let them have one again. Right. Yeah. Um, but but again, so again, your, your consequence has to be thoughtful. And I, and I think that this leads very nicely to just sort of some general rules of engagement, just some general ideas mm -hmm. and, and things that parents can consider when, when thinking about consequences. And the first is that the consequence needs to be related to the offense. Right. Mm -hmm. There has to be some relationship between the consequence that you're imposing and the behavior that led to the need for that consequence. There has to be some connection there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And second, it has to be, the second is that I, I guess I did this too early in the morning. I should have had art, not rat, but we'll, <laughs> fix, we'll fix that later. <laughs> Sorry about that. The second thing is a consequence has to be acceptable or tolerable right. to the child. Okay. As long as you're dealing with acceptable and tolerable consequences, you're not going to get serious pushback from right. your child. It's when you impose these harsh, long-term, I'm going to take your phone for a month. I can tell you, you're going to get serious pushback well, and it's not worth it. And, 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 and I just had this conversation with a, with a set of parents this past week. Um, the, the effectiveness of your consequence of taking away the phone, the, the maximum efficacy of that consequence was over that day. Thank you. <laughs> Just putting it in for a, a month, man, that seems like a whole lot, but that's not going to give you any more than just saying for the rest of the day. That's right. You're not going to buy any more by doing it another 28 days. Right. It, certainly not enough to make it warrant um, right. all the, all the, the, the stress and everything that you're going to put everybody through. So, so it has to be related to the offense. The concept has to be related to the offense. It has to be acceptable. It has to be something that's reasonable. Uh, and the third thing is that it, it needs to teach the kids something. Right. That's right. Um, you, you can't just say, because I said so. That doesn't, that, that's not going to work because as soon as, you know, you're going to have to say so every time then. Right. So parents right. say, well, why do I have to tell you this every time? Well, it's probably because you haven't taught them why you need them to do it. 
Right. Mm -hmm. If you if you always say, well, it's because I said so, because I'm the parent, because I'm the boss, because I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm the adult. Well, then be ready to have to tell them every time you want them to do it, because that's the only reason that they know to do it is because you told them to do it. Because I'm the boss and this is my house and this is how you're going. You are going to do it. And, you know, it, it just flies in the face of what most of us want. Most of us want our children to be able to self-regulate mm-hmm. and to be able to do things on their own right? and to have intrinsic motivation and intrinsic values. Well, it begins with this, because if, if you're doing, if you're always imposing consequences, those, that's all external control. Right. You know, and you don't want to have to be there to, to enforce the rules. You want the child to do it on her own. Okay. That's your goal. So you have to set you have to set the situation up so that the child learns how to be self-sufficient and how to regulate her own emotions, not to have to have the parent standing over her with this basket of consequences ready to rain down on her for misbehavior. Right. Absolutely. Because if you recall, you know, one of the things we've talked about over the last few weeks is the different differences in parenting styles that we have to employ at different ages. And prior to puberty, we're focusing on attachment and a lot of the, a lot of the teaching that we do. And uh, a lot of times, most of our consequences come during that stage because the parents are are actively engaged and actively involved and with just about everything in their child's life. But as they reach puberty, we start to exercise detachment parenting and we have to, give them the reins and, and allow them to experience some things and experience. Again, this is where natural consequences really come in hand. Right. That's um, right. But you know, that detachment parenting where you're hoping that everything that you taught them during that first half, that they, they have those skills and they have those, that understanding so that then they can um, implement them once you um, are sort of letting them go uh, at things a little bit. Yeah. I think that, and the, the general rule of thumb here is that, during the prior to puberty, parents must establish that, that I'm in charge. You know, I'm, I'm the decision. I'm in charge. You can have some flexibility, but kids must know that you're serious and that you're watching and that you're available and that you are consistent and serious about your expectations. Once they hit puberty, you have to begin turning things over to them because you just have a couple of years and that child's going to be on his or her own at 16 and 18 We've often talked about, you know, at 16, they're going to leave and be on their own. You're not going to be with them anymore. At 18, they leave the house. I mean, permanently, right. um, hopefully. And so you have to make this transition. And, and so you have to replace, because I said so, with some type of collaborative or negotiated arrangement. Because now you're dealing with a young adult. You're not dealing with a dependent child. You're dealing with a fairly independent adult at that point. And it requires a different uh, type of negotiation, different type of interaction. Yeah, absolutely. So, so as, as we wrap this, um, this up and and we're thinking about all the things that we've talked about today with the different types of consequences, you know, just a reminder that we need to be proactive you know um we we need to stop relying on that being reactive and um you know sort of triggered consequences we need to be more planned and um in preparation for what's going to come and allow some of those natural consequences to be sufficient right yeah i mean if a kid doesn't do his homework 
there's a consequence at school for that. Absolutely. You know, let that consequence play itself out. Don't rescue the child. Let right. those natural consequences play themselves out. And, and again, mm-hmm. if, if the natural consequences are implemented or happen, are allowed to happen, and it doesn't change the behavior, that's a different problem. And that's exactly. when you really need to be getting some additional help and support. The natural consequences for 80% or more uh, of kids, that's going to be sufficient. They work just fine. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we also need to, to try to focus more on the desirable behaviors, the things that we really want our kids to do. We need to make sure that we're teaching those and supporting those and not putting all the focus on the undesired behaviors because right. you know we're going to get more of what we paid the most attention to exactly. so pay more attention to the to the desirable behaviors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the, we, have to, we don't well, want to teach i'm sorry go ahead no no go ahead um this whole idea about i'm i'm the boss i'm in charge this is my house right the, you you have to start moving away from that whole notion don't be afraid of these, you know, you don't need to be afraid and you don't need to be constantly establishing your control because remember, you don't really want external control. You right. want the child to develop her own value system. Hopefully it'll be your value system, but you want them to develop their own reasons for doing what is expected, what right. homework and getting good grades and, you know, keeping her room clean. But you want them to develop their own reasons for doing that, not to have you still, I'm the boss, I'm the decision maker, I'll tell you how to do things. I have complete control of your life, and I will take your phone whenever I want. Yeah. That's that's really not the relationship you want to have with your child. It's an adversarial relationship, and that's not how you want to do this. Right. And it's typically overreacting and um, excessive. And, you know, and, and I think this is most that's most often seen in times when parents feel as though their kids are being disrespectful. Um, and again, we could do a, a, an eight series, a eight podcast series on, on this idea of disrespect, because, um, you know, th- there's a big difference between disrespectful and disobedient. Those are right. two very different things, but we tend to tie them together in, in many ways. So, you know, this whole, not- this whole notion, you know, it struck me the other day, you and I are developmentalists. When a kid has a temper tantrum, everybody knows you ignore it. If you right. want something to really go away, you ignore it. I would say that being disrespectful for middle school and high school kids is comparable to a baby's temper tantrum. Sure. You want it to go away, ignore it. Right. It'll just ignore it. It's not worth it. Right. Um, it, it, you're just being baited. Absolutely. So don't take the bait. You know, just ignore it. It'll go away. Definitely. So, all right. Well, I think that's it for today. Um, and that might be it for this series, uh, this three-part series, <laughs> eight-part series on punishment. Um, we will certainly, of course, be talking about it again in future podcasts. But um, next week, we're going to shift to some other things. And uh, as we're, especially as we're wrapping up uh, 2022. 2022 um, is coming to an end, isn't it? Yeah, just a, we're, we're almost there. So, um, all right. Well, that's it. Until next week, Richard, stay happy, stay healthy. We'll do and forget to be afraid. You too.